Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron mindset when you stepped in the batter's box go yard i'm in i'm a pitcher why not play as hard as i can i got nothing to lose it's nothing to bit man above don't put you in situations that you can't handle instead of saying why me they're saying this is what he want me to do and uh cleveland this is for you the way we approach the game the same way we approach life you do the right thing you make the right play you make the right play and in life it's the same thing what do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on? What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me, our Atlanta Hawks fly through edition. Um, got my guy, uh, the Hoopers Pod, John with me. So he be with us in a little bit. How you doing today, sir? Good, man. How you feeling tonight? Great, great, great. Always a pleasure to have you guys on. And then a uh, former teammate on some of my Atlanta Haw- or Falcons fly throughs uh, before. Um, but you know, my good friends, uh, Ryan Thurman, had to bring him on, uh, you know, for episode four. So how you doing today, man? All is well with you, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, of course, like I said, I think I put it in the description. Uh, you know, we're not trending in the right direction, but that don't mean we uh, can't talk about the uh, Hawks. So um, first things first, I guess we'll, just, we'll start off, you know, just talking about the last, what, 10 games. Um, pretty much all those games have been without DeAndre Hunter since his uh, injury. We haven't been uh, looking too hot, um, but been 2-8 and eight in the last two games. I think our only wins have came from Toronto and uh Washington Wizards. Washington Wizards, yeah, yeah. Um, so pretty much I guess just reaction thoughts, how you guys feeling uh, you know, about pretty much our you know our first you know these within these 10 games and just you know the games overall that you you've seen them play um since DeAndre has gone down. I think this was a time, like I say, DeAndre has missed what the last eight out of mm-hmm. the ten. This was a time where Cam Red should have been stepping up. Yep. And him and he could have been providing some of what DeAndre Hunter was providing especially on the defensive end and just trying to figure out the offense i know trey and john trey and john is kind of off right now because mm-hmm. everything's going on with john and the front office but this these last eight games cam reddish hasn't really shown anything honestly and he's the key right now with yeah. DeAndre. Out. yeah um i couldn't agree more uh cam reddish um kind of had some similar issues uh, while at Duke, you know, even though he was overshadowed by R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, um, he still had some, you know, questionable um, habits at Duke, and those uh, habits are being on display right now. Um, Honestly, man, the Hawks, they're they're lacking accountability. That's what what I'm seeing. I I think that there's nobody, even the vets that we signed, like, I Mm -hmm. think no one is really – 
holding each other accountable. Um, there there are a lot of uh, questionable turnovers, uh, yeah. decision making from uh, our starters, and I just think that you know with the type of team that we we have, like you know the the player personnel, we have winners. These guys know how to win basketball games. I'm pretty sure you. You have a couple of people who won some high school titles. You have some mm-hmm. people who's won some uh, college titles. Uh, so they, you know, these guys know how to win basketball games, but for some reason, it's not uh, working right now. And um, honestly, I think it boils down to uh, accountability. I yeah, that, yeah. Honestly, uh, you can go first, John. Oh yeah, because like we bring in players like Rondo. You expect him to hold players like Trey Young and John Collins, the young stars of the team, to a higher standard than everybody else already. Mm-hmm. You've given up 40 in the fourth quarter. Somebody got to look and say, that's my bad or yeah. something's right now. Yeah, I'm pretty much just second both of you guys. Like I said, it's really a lot of accountability. Um, even, you know, with these you know certain guys being hurt, Gallo was out for, you know, certain by the time. I think he's what, been back with the last maybe four or five games. Yeah. Um, Rondo is always just kind of in and out, but even though, even with that, like you guys are saying, just that veteran leadership, even being on the bench, that presence, um, supposed to translate some way, somehow, um, in the game. Like you said, it's quarters we're giving up forty plus points, and quarters we can't score damn near what 15, 20 yeah. points. So, like you guys are saying, like it, it just accountability, I guess across the whole. And I know it's um, obviously it's hard with the coming into the season, not really having much of a you know a training camp, not much of um, really uh, OTA, whatever the case may be, not, not nothing really, you know, concrete. And then we haven't had a healthy roster since probably the first game of the season. So, but every other team, there's other teams, of course, dealing with the same thing. Look at Portland, you know, look what Dame is doing. Um, and then, you know, I guess names can go on and on. There's guys in and out of the lineup all the time. So um, even though it is veteran leadership, like you guys are saying, um, Cam has to step up. He's supposed to step up. And there's a guy, I guess I want to talk about a little later, Sean uh, with May. He uh he had him with two solid little games in the minutes oh, that he had Skyler to play. Man. Skyler man, I don't know why I said Sean. Yeah, yeah Skyler yeah. man. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, so I guess like I said, moving on, I guess a little bit from from the uh ten games, we'll probably you know touch on it in a little bit in a second. But obviously, like I said, the two and eight um the two and eight record of the last ten games has probably been heavily due to DeAndre being hurt. Um, but I guess what are you guys seeing? Um. Well, one, I guess, talk about his progress that you've seen so far, and then why or why not do you think it's so detrimental that he hasn't been in the lineup? Do you think it should be as detrimental as it's been showing, or do you think, um, like, we have the guy that's capable of stepping up and, you know, kind of filling in his role, filling in with those 17, 18 points he was putting up a night? I, I honestly think it's mental um, because mm-hmm. I think as ba- as basketball players and when you're in the when you're playing the team sport, there's some players that you rely on. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre Hunter was a player that they started to rely on and trust more. So he was kind of like snatched from us because yeah. the play that happened in, uh, against the Wizards, I just thought he banged knees. We mm-hmm. didn't expect him to have the type of injury. No one expected him to, uh, to have surgery. So I think uh, – when you start relying on players, you get used to running the offense through them and uh, depending on them to get a basket when the offense is uh, being shut down by the defense and whatnot. And sometimes you can kind of get stuck in that mode and players, uh, it's kind of hard for players to adjust to try to step up because they're so used to letting another player play his role. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we may be asking for a lot for, for Cam Reddish, but one thing that I also noticed with the Hawks, the media babies them sometimes. <laughs> they baby mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And they think it's okay to make these mistakes. They think mm-hmm. it's okay to, oh, we're young, we're growing. Yeah, that may be true, but at the same time, we're still not, you know, it's one thing to grow and develop and and, and we're in progress mm-hmm. than just continue to make the same mistake over and over again. Because as right. you can see, this, these last several games have came down to the same mistakes. Yep. Starting the game slow, not coming out with a sense of urgency. So, I think when you, when DeAndre Hunter is your main guy, it's hard to adapt to um, step up because you're so used to how things used to be while he's here. But it's no excuse league, so exactly. you have to figure it out. I think just to um, piggyback off you a little bit with DeAndre Hunter, he was kind of, he's what a player like Trey Young needs first and foremost. Trey Young being a small guard, he's not going to get to the lane as much, but DeAndre mm-hmm. Hunter – could get some layups, get some, build momentum that way, and then work his way out. So when you take that out, and neither Cam with his athleticism or Kevin Horder with his shooting is replacing that, and then you lose who I think is the top 10, 15 defender as well, you start. You will see those 40.4 quarters. You will see, like I said, not playing with a sense of urgency because regardless of how well Trey is playing, he kind of eases his way into the game with those jump shots, trying to you know foul bait a little bit. And just speaking on his progress, like he had progressed a lot this year. I think he was running in the early runs from a improved player, honestly. Mm-hmm. And just to lose that is taking a lot out of the team, honestly. And they do get babied a little bit. Like, even though in the offseason they were saying how they were, you know, the new destination for free agents and whatnot. But they got to learn and develop and grow. Um, yep, exactly like you guys just said. Because, uh, yeah, that has been the excuse, you know, that we're still young. You know, our best player right now, obviously, Trey Young, or, you know, supposed to be, you know, he's going to be the face of our franchise for the next few years is what, in his uh, what, third year? Yeah, John's fourth year, and then Cam and DeAndre, you know, in their second. So those are our building pieces. Or even, and Herter, too, as well. My fault, I forgot about him Um, in his third year as well. So, you know, our building pieces are still, you know, young or whatever the case may be. But like you guys said, it's a – Eventually, it has to be a time where you got to take that next step. Like, they're losing very winnable games, and that's going to be our next topic is the fourth quarters. And me and Ryan, um, we're very, very fond of, you know, fourth quarter blown leads, uh, being fans of, like I said, the, the, the Falcons. But now it looks like, you know, it's translated over to the Hawks. So, um, I guess, like I said, just transition, I guess, to the fourth quarters now because, you know, the one that sticks out in my mind the most Um within these 10 games is the Dallas Mavericks one when we played there um, well, about two, three, uh, two, three games ago. Yeah. Last Wednesday. Yeah. Um, to where like it hasn't like said, I'm in those little groups and it's been kind of like, you know, the same things like we, we can't score. And then there's times where, you know, we let teams go on a run the Indiana game as well. They put up what 41 points or something like that yeah, in the yeah. fourth quarter. And I think I saw a stat yesterday. We're the worst team um, with fourth quarter point differentials in the league this year, so um, I guess what do you what do you guys I guess maybe seeing that we're doing wrong or right, you know, or obviously not right, but wrong in the fourth quarter from the what we may be doing right in the first three quarters, and um, you know any changes that we may need to make or that just you know just something that you guys are seeing um, to where we just fall off a cliff in the fourth quarter and kind of give up those leads. I think it's the laziness of the turnovers. Honestly, it's 
a lot of bad passes, mm-hmm. just being lackadaisical. Trey, and when he hits those shots well, like it builds momentum. And when he misses those long threes, it just sucks the air out of the offense because mm-hmm. it's like it's it's a knockout punch. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if he misses it, long rebounds. Now we got a layup, turnover. We got another layup off the steal. They're not giving Trey those fouls anymore at this point. So now you throwing up bad shots. John Collin, now he's forced to take mid-range shots because he just want to shoot the ball at this point because he just want to touch it. Mm-hmm. Yep. The whole yep. offense is out of rhythm, out of rhythm, excuse me, because of just laziness, honestly. And Lloyd Pierce got to get it together. He got to work on his timeouts and getting that team back together when they lose. Um, I honestly think the Hawks go away from what works. <laughs> no, Clint, <laughs> Clint Capella has 15 points and 12 rebounds <laughs> off of post-ups. Just by giving him the ball, why do we stop? Why do we mm. stop? And 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 the, and the Hawks make basketball so difficult because <laughs> because Trey Young for the, his first two years he was a go getter. He, he's gonna get a bucket. He's gonna create something. Now he doesn't know if he wants to shoot a floater or a pass. Mm-hmm. And more, and most of the time when he's indecisive of what he wants to do, he turns over the ball. So he's turning over the ball. He's not scoring. The 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 team feeds off of Trey Young's energy. Yep. If Trey Young is scoring, get um, you know, the lobs, the you know, they Trey, I mean, Trey Young is proving that he can do this. So they yeah. simply go away from what works, and that's what has been punishing them uh in in the games that we've lost, where they will go away, go away from John Collins, go away from Clint Capella, or Trey Young will stop being aggressive. Um, and then, not to mention, like just last night in New York, nor Trey nor John Collins scored in the fourth quarter, and yeah. we only lost by eleven points. So it yeah. is, is I, I blame it on the players not realizing, hey, Clint been eating all day. Let's feed it because if you look at Lakers game. Anthony Davis is in the post mm-hmm. every time, mm-hmm. every time, because they know they can't stop it, and that's how and, and that's how they win. Lakers don't do nothing special. <laughs> they do the they do the exact same play over and over again. They 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 keep feeding whatever works until they stop it. And the Hawks just have to realize that that's just court awareness. And if I wanted to take it to Lloyd Pierce, I think Lloyd Pierce does an excellent job preparing for mm-hmm. these games. I just think that. His approach to the game and the approach to the type of players we have mm-hmm. doesn't translate. You know, sometimes you got to meet the players where they're at. Obviously, <laughs> we're not mature enough for the way Lloyd Pierce sets it up because I think Lloyd Pierce has a great strategy of how you know. Just listening to some post game uh, mm-hmm. conferences now, last night, whatever he said, I highly disagree with what he said. <laughs> However, just you know, he gave that whole rundown on uh, when the reporter asked what do you mean on how do we feel you or how do they mm-hmm. feel us? And he did a very great description, but also I just think with the personnel that the, that the Hawks have within our players, he has to meet where they're at as far as like their mental and just how they see the game, because obviously whatever he's doing isn't translating. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. Cause Lloyd Pierce is one of the better young coaches in the NBA. Right, and, and he get and he gives his players the freedom to make those choices as well. Like he let Trey fill the game out, he let John fill it out, but they do get out aggressive. 
they do go away from throwing the ball down to John in the post a lot. Even though some pick and pop stuff with Trey and John, mm-hmm. and then like so the off- after that, the offense is kind of gets just gets stagnant, honestly, because they can't find their shot, and that goes with having DeAndre Hunter out as well, who exactly. can take somebody off the dribble as a bigger uh, premise there. Now, my my guess with when it comes to our coaching situation, I think if we make the playoffs, Lloyd Pierce still won't be resigned. If we miss the playoffs, he's definitely not getting resigned. And I think that it's it's I feel like Lloyd Pierce should still be a part of our staff, but I don't think he needs to be our head coach. Now, do granted, and I think you know, we can all take account for this. We are we, we're tired of the mediocrity, we're tired of being average, we're tired of being the mediocrity. Atlanta yeah. is a, a great place to live at. It is a and, and we have the potential of having great sport sports come through our uh, our state. Mm-hmm. How, however, I just think that when it comes to Lloyd Pierce, we we or excuse just a new coach period. I think there's we need a an experienced coach who knows how to coach a player like Trey Young. Because I honestly think Lloyd Pierce hasn't really had a player like Trey Young and 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 I think Trey Young needs a certain type of coach, like a Jeff Van Gundy, per se. And I think that's the type of direction that the Hawks should go in when it comes to looking for a new coach, if that's the case. Yeah. I, um, I guess I'll go back and then bring it forward to what you just said, um, Ryan. But the first thing is, and I think both of y'all pointed it out, you can't have two of your best players, your best scorers, not score in the fourth quarter at all. Like, if you right. had told me that and I not watched the game at all, which I obviously I did watch the game. I didn't even realize you, I didn't realize John didn't score. I knew Trey didn't score, but and you told me that I'm like, yeah, of course we lost. And I would have thought we lost by more than 11, uh, 11 points. So right. that's the one, that's the first thing. Like you can't have your two best scores, you know, not score in the fourth quarter crunch time minutes. Second thing is like you just said, we do kind of go away from things that, um, you know, that work sometimes. I know we talked about that with, with the Falcons, like, you know, run the ball when we're up, you know, Mix it in, play action. Don't just run the same, okay, run, run, then pass on third down. Like, same thing, I guess, with the Hawks. Like, I think they get flustered sometimes when either teams make a run and they can't score or they just, like, both teams are kind of going back and forth and, like, they can't get a stop necessarily. So it's like, I think, you know, like you just said, maybe the maturity, maybe a mental thing, Um you know, when it comes to that part, but at some point, you said, you know, you're an NBA player, you got to grow up, you got to mature, and you got to, you know, realize, like you just said, like, yes, Trey, like the other was it two games ago, he didn't shoot a three all game. Right. It's like, exactly. like, I don't know if that's just scheming wise with the coaching, like they're playing the greatest defense on earth to where he just can't get any type of three off, or it's like he's kind of going back to maybe that that sense to where you know when the news about John Collins came out he was being real real passive and he's yeah. trying to get other guys involved and not wanting to score and be a little bit more aggressive I don't know if you you know I guess was was resorting back to that way um because of maybe the defense I was being playing on I don't really know but all in all I just know like that's one thing that can never happen and we expect to win the game you know our two best players not scoring but like I said just to fast forward up to what you, you know you were saying as well because I'm always in these group messages and just reading kind of what they're saying and it's kind of, you know, weird because, you know, I guess uh, Lloyd Pierce, he came from obviously Philadelphia and was he, you know, he was 
mainly known for player, player development. development. I was like, he's mainly known for his player development. So that's you know, I guess one of the bigger reasons why he was hired and brought uh brought here to Atlanta because you know he was having a young and upcoming team. We had these draft picks. Uh, obviously, we had just brought Trey uh, Herder and everybody in, so we figured he would be able to take these guys, you know, to the next step. And I'm not saying he hasn't been able to do anything for the development and growth, but you know, we have a third year and a fourth year guy that kind of like, you know, everybody knows Trey Young's a star. We're which we'll get to later on in the show. Now we're having questions on whether we you know we want to max out John or not, even though he's a, a great talented kid. Um, like what I guess what can he do like kind of like i guess what you're saying uh you know ryan maybe we, obviously that's not going that's not like it's not logical you don't really see that too much like you know a head coach be kept on the staff and then we bring in somebody else to kind of you know take over his reins or whatever the case may be right. but you know what i think i read it someone said like he it feels like he has a little bit too much on his plate because you know he kind of went from player development coach to just like straight head coach like he didn't really have maybe like that assistant head coaching like you right. know year number of years to kind of build up to you know, being a head coach and put it all together per se, like it's kind of like he kind of like jumped and almost like missed a step or whatever the case may be. So someone says like it feels like he has a little bit too much on his plate trying to develop them as players and men, and then also trying to figure out all the pieces that he has together right. and how it can work um, on the court and you know how he can just you know transition obviously into wins. Um, and then obviously like I said, the fourth quarter just finding the right matchups, finding the right lineups getting them to just finish out games right. um like i said whether it is being more aggressive or just honestly stepping up and playing defense whatever the case may be um but i don't know i'm still maybe just because i i, I met him and took a picture with him i just i'm still on the lloyd pierce bandwagon i'm hoping somehow like when we get everybody back um you know healthy and you know maybe they get some obviously there hasn't been much practice time because of the way the nba schedule is for this year um but maybe just getting everybody back on the same page, everybody right. healthy. We still haven't seen Chris Dunn. Obviously, yeah. you know, Bogdan been gone since what game 10 or something like that, maybe even yeah. before that. So I don't know, maybe something can help turn things around. I just know they need a, a win in the worst way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And I can't I can't blame Lloyd Pierce for taking the job because if you're working in the Oh yeah, yeah, no, there's no way. Black man, you know, getting that opportunity is you know it's slim. You don't, you know, but I, I, I do kind of agree. Cause it's kind of, it's kind of like that uh, that Mike Budenholzer situation where he was the head coach and game mm. of uh, head of mm. game operations or team mm. operations or something like that. Yeah. So um, I never saw it like that, but I could take that into account. And like you, you, you also made a great point about you know Chris Dunn has yet to play, Bogey has mm. been out, and you know even before Bogey got hurt, I don't even think Bogey had his best game with us mm. you know and uh because i know we didn't sign all that money to him for no mm. reason even though i really haven't heard i mean i've heard of him but i didn't hear much about him before he, mm. uh yeah a young old player from uh <laughs> right <laughs> so um but i you know we have yet to have a full team so that mm. that that that's for one so i will say that and i do think that yes um we're our tight of mediocrity but we also haven't had our full team yet. So I know, and everybody's frustrated because we feel like even without DeAndre Hunter and mm -hmm. without our key guys, some of these games were, were, were winnable games. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're going to see the approach tomorrow night because Nick McMillan 
will be mm-hmm. the head coach while Lloyd Pierce is back at home uh, for the birth of uh, of his son, I believe. So mm-hmm. we're going to see how Nate McMillan uh, is as a coach. I don't know how much is going to change because, you know, it's, it's not his system. And I know mm-hmm. that he was running a good system with Indiana. And yeah. I think that, you know, Travis Schlink, he's a, he's a very wise guy. And he brought Nate McMillan onto the staff. And that's mm-hmm. probably the guy up next if Lloyd if Lloyd Pierce does not resign as the Hawks coach. So I'm interested to see what Nate Miller can bring to the table for tomorrow night, and to possibly see like, hey, this might be our coach moving forward if uh, mm-hmm. things don't work out with Lloyd Pierce. Yeah, I was like, John, I guess we'll switch it over because I know I talked a little bit about it, and Ryan just did too. But you know, is Lloyd Pierce the right man for the job? And you did bring up a good point, Ryan, that he is going to be out. I think the next maybe two games, right. um, the back to backs for for Boston. Um, Nate McMillan, obviously, what I know, of course, like you say, he's more of a defensive-minded head coach, and that's one of the big reasons why they brought him to Atlanta because we were, you know, straight booty in, in defense last year, and it hasn't improved too, too much this year. But, you know, maybe, like you said, within these two games, we will see a small sample size of, you know, what he can, you know, incorporate into this off uh, this Hawks uh, defense um, of efficiency. But, John, like I said, I'll turn it over to you. Um, and one, I guess, do you think Lloyd Pierce is the right man for the job? And kind of, you know, what are you expecting for from the Hawks when he is gone for the la- next two games? Oh, long term, I couldn't say. I think he's been good so far, especially mm-hmm. just with Trey and John's development. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I mm-hmm. think some other players are still a little bit behind the curve of where they should be to help this team. But even DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter, he's helped, you like I say, he's developed a lot from his first and second mm-hmm. year. I think that's all mostly offensive. I think he should, even when he comes back after the two games, he should let Nate McMillan do more with the defense because mm-hmm. that's still a problem this year. That's how you give up nine for leads and 41 points in quarters. I think Nick McMillan's going to have put more emphasis on the defense these next two games, honestly, because we know he can score. He knows they can score. Trade any any game can drop you, give you 35 plus and seven threes. John Collins is a walk in 2010. Kevin Horton. Five, Kevin Horton can be cold the whole night and hit five threes in a row. Yeah, right. Hell is basically a 15 and 15 player. I think Nate McMillan is going to emphasize defense. And if he has the defense looking better while the offense is still working, I think it'll be hard to not consider him as a head coach, especially if you don't want to bring a Lloyd Pitts back, depending on how the end of the season goes. Right. So I think this is kind of an official trial for Nate McMillan, even if it's not for the Hawks. He can find himself on another team next year as a head yeah. coach. Yeah, the Hawks definitely definitely needs experience in their next head coach. Like you know, I don't. Oh, no, think yeah. we, I don't think we want to get another coach that's like his first year coaching. We need someone with a great track record of knowing how to produce wins consistently. Yeah, I, I think so. I definitely second that. Like I said, I, I'm big fan of his because, like you said, I I do definitely see the improvements. Like player development improvements, and like I say, even with Trey, we talked about it earlier this year uh, in other episodes. John about his playmaking ability is starting to come alive. What he's second in assists right now in the league. Um, John being a little bit more aggressive in scoring. DeAndre offense is ex- it was exploding before he got injured. Um, we already knew he was a great defense, uh, you know, specialist. Cam, like I said, we 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 see flashes here and there. That's the one I know we we feel like you know still a little bit behind the curve, and you know I know we're still pretty big on him though because he has all the tools he has the size he has pretty much everything he just has to start you know like i said just start to put it together at some point yeah exactly so um i guess i definitely see the player development 
right. in these guys and, and how they've grown. Even I was I don't even know how much of you know his hands that he's gotten on Clint Capella, but you know we we saw him in Houston. Obviously, it was a different type of system. You know they were more so moving to small ball. They had Harden, you know who's ball dominant guy, and pretty much surrounded him by threes. You know he's a lot more efficient and useful in the type of office I guess that you know we're running now. You know the pick and roll. Um, lob dump down all that all that type of thing clean up the, the glass whatever the case may be so like i said he, he's done tremendous with these guys but i guess i don't know if it's just he, sometimes maybe he had a little bit too much on his plate a little too i don't know con, conjunct con, conjunctured or congested sorry congested yeah it, it, like when it comes down to these you know certain type of pressure situations whatever the case may be but like I, said, I, I see definitely the improvements but hopefully as a team we just got to start making those steps versus an individual improvement got to be you know team improvement uh at this point and i think a lot of it is just because you know we had so so just such high hopes coming into the year right. everybody right. saw how much you know the signings that we had we weren't expecting these guys to be you know injured you know within the first 10 games of the year um and you know just all the development that we knew we was going to get like i said we got we was getting experience we got a great mix of old vets with young talent and we just knew it was going to mesh and it, the pieces made sense and they fit so it was like oh yeah at worst, six in the East. And then the way we started out, you know, there was a lot of teams I was playing kind of and still are playing around 500 ball. But, um, you know, we started out pretty well and was like, I think at a point where third, fourth or third, third or fourth, somewhere there um, in the East. And we felt like, you know, we could pretty much keep at that pace. But like I said, it's just been kind of a letdown, you know, losing as much as we've been losing in the way we've been losing. I think it's the way we've been losing is right. what's really like starting to upset a lot of the people, um, you know, that watch Hawks ball. So, but um, I guess switching gears a little bit, you know, talk about, I guess some people deem our second star. He's been the news. Um, he was in the news quite, he's been in the news quite a bit this year. Yeah, um, obviously was speaking up about, you know, the offense and the trade situation. We already talked about that. We didn't think it was much to it. We know, you know, everything's good. He probably was, you know, it's really like a little side conversation. Like, Hey, you know, it'd be cool to get everybody involved or whatever the case may be. You know, you don't have to rely on yourself all the time, Trey, you know, we're here to help or whatever the case may be. So now he's in the news, of course, because we didn't get a deal done in the off season, you know, extended him. He's looking for, you know, max or somewhat close to a max contract. I know there's a lot of people that feel like he's worth it. feel like he's not worth it. Um, I guess we'll start off with that. Um, no, John, I think we talked about this a little bit, but, um, you know, how do you guys feel? Do you think he's worth it? Do you think he's not worth it? And then I guess we'll, you know, tra just transition into, you know, what do you think we sh we should do about him? Um, I, for the Hawks, I think he's worth it because it's a homegrown second star. You don't really find players like that too often where you go back to back in the drafts and you get draft two-star players, mm -hmm. especially at two different positions where the positions match together. They can be a perfect pick-and-roll partner, pick-and-pop partner. Mm-hmm. Trey on some weak side stuff with John Collins in the post, vice versa. And it was just, I kind of, this kind of always happens. You know, mm -hmm. they you re reject that first $90 million offer, hoping to get that max. And then, of course, you don't expect the team to start losing. Mm -hmm. If they're winning, there, there's no trade talks. There's no, we need to do more stuff in the offense where other players talk. It's having a good time. Maybe he all, maybe all-star talks, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him get traded. Let's yeah. just um, yeah. But if it makes sense, you have to do it. Right. Of course, you're asking for first round, first rounders and future talent players. Mm -hmm. I think it would be a bad idea to trade them because now you're kind of putting the Trey Young head. Or well, when stuff start going wrong, we're gonna start shipping players out. 
Do I want to be a part of that? And that's honestly an Atlanta this sports period yep. thing history. Like when stuff goes wrong, we just start shipping players out and start bringing in the wrong type of players that don't fit with the other players. And then you lose a Trey, you lose a Dion who didn't necessarily want to be here anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, just, you just lose players like that in general. Exactly. Yeah, man, I I really hate that John Collins take the ninety million dollar extension <laughs> because JC, look, I feel I feel him, I feel him. He wants to bet on himself. He mm-hmm. wants that type of money. I get it, but I think one thing that I think John Collins just hasn't accepted that that twenty five game suspension last year took, set mm-hmm. you back, sir. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I could, it definitely so did. If, if, if they offer me a ninety million, and it's obvious John wants to be here. He he loves it here. He wants mm-hmm. to, he wants to play for the Hawks, and he wants to win as a Hawk. But if I'm John Collins, knowing what I went through, yeah, let me take the extension, and maybe two or three years down the road, when I prove myself yet again, then I can consider myself uh, worthy of those of those max dollars. But um, and I'm glad that he, he betted on himself. At the same time, if the Haw- the Hawks are, Look, Travis Schling is about business. Mm-hmm. He, he's not going to get too personal with some of these players. If you're not Trey Young, if you're not DeAndre Hunter, he's not going to get too personal with you. So mm-hmm. I honestly think that John Collins had to he has to prove that he can have a positive impact on the game while he's on the court. You know, John Collins he can score 25 uh, and 15 in a win, and he had 25 and 15 in a loss. It make it sometimes he doesn't have an impact on the game, so I think that goes to show of okay, is he really worth those max dollars? Are teams worried about John Collins every time they come down the floor? Yeah, they're scouted for him, but they're not guarding John Collins like they guard Trey Young because Trey Young can make an impact on the game. John Collins, mm-hmm. if he scores, it doesn't matter. So John Collins has to be that type of player in order to receive those max dollars and. Honestly, I I believe that the Hawks want to win. They're going to make the best decisions for the team. And if John Collins is not in those plans, I'm sure that if they do ship him away, it's going to be well worth it. But in my honest opinion, he needs to stay in Atlanta. No doubt about it. He needs to stay in the A. Because, I mean, I hate this. I mean, who else going to dunk on people like John Collins? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We need, yeah. So we just, we just, I don't know. Like you just said, it, both your guys made, you know, great points. And John, like you just said, just a homegrown talent. Like you said, we, we didn't used to really hit on draft picks like we had been the last few years. And that's obviously credit to the Slink and his, uh, you know, his crew. So to be able to do that, and he was what a 20th pick to be able to do, it's not even a lottery pick to be able to do that, you know, mid, mid, you know, first round pick. That's a, you know, that's a, a diamond in the rough so it's like something some something that we're building and growing that we need to keep together and not just you know just ship them off because we don't feel like i guess he's worth that you know true max which a lot of us you know we can kind of agree like ryan just said i would rather him had taken like that extension that was offered yeah because like you said i understand the betting on yourself and all that but yeah like you did put the team in a position to not be where they could have been with those 25 game suspension. Because I know we talked about in the first episode, if he's there for five, six of those games, there's no way we not, you know, play, we're not in the bubble as well. Like right. what was what four games out from the Washington wizards. Yeah. Um, 
he can he could have made a you know a four or five game difference and we probably would have been playing in the bubble so stuff like that i guess you kind of got to take into account i know you know I guess honest mistake by these guys. Sometimes you know they, they talk with their health physicians and they're putting certain stuff in their body, and, and it may be, you know, something that they don't know that is no is on the you know not recommend. You can't take it list or whatever the case may be. So um, I don't know. I, I really wish he would have took it because, like I say, we, we can see it. He loves playing with Trey. He loves the atmosphere. He loves playing in Atlanta. Right. He, he he just likes it here. So I would hate to see him shift away. But like you guys are kind of saying, I guess if it does make sense then we kind of have to do it. And they're probably going to, you know, Slink probably will take that, you know, pull that trigger. But I guess what do you guys think is, you know, the right trade or the, the right pieces that we get back? Like, I guess kind of create your own trade scenarios because what I've seen on Twitter, I know John, I know you too, Ryan, has probably seen it and you're just like, what the hell? Like, there's no way that that's going to fly. Like, why? Like, and then you know how they'd be like, who says no? Like, John, for this, 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 who says no? Like, no, I'm saying no. That's ridiculous. That's that's a stupid trade. Like, why would I do that? But like I said, what, what do you guys think is the right pieces? Like, what would you be satisfied with if we made this trade, Um, you know, for John? Or not for John, but you know. Not yet. I, don't, I honestly don't know because I guess it's what you're trying to build. Are you still building a young and developing team so you go get you some lottery picks? Are you building a team that's not only going to the playoffs, but fighting to stay in the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. make conference final, second round, final defense, whatever. So it's like, I guess, do you want a player that already fits what you're doing and maybe you swap him for Marvin Bagley, who, mm-hmm. you know, dad say that he, you know, he wants his son traded, mm-hmm. but he's a better shooter, so you can still space the court. Yeah. Like I say, do you go find somebody who got some hard picks to trade and, Keep developing team, keep developing and finding young talent. So I guess is what they're really looking for. I don't know. I don't honestly. I don't know what we would trade for John at this point. Yeah, like Marvin Bagley. If you just want to swap for the same position type player, because mm-hmm. other than that, you're gonna go small and put DeAndre Hunter at the four, and maybe whoever that is is taking more minutes away. From town. Exactly. So it's that's a tough one. I don't even know to tell the truth. Honestly, um, when you, if. If John Collins was to get traded or we was to do some swapping, um, you, what do the Hawks need? We need more scoring. We need another player that can uh, create his own shot consistently. Like, when all fails, get us a bucket. Take us to the promised land. Trey can do it. They yeah. need someone else who can consistently do it. And I think you, 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 you pull the big gun and try to package a deal for a Bradley Bill. Or you try to package a deal, not necessarily package a deal because I know his value is not as high as it used to be, but maybe a Victor Oladipo, who is a two-way player who can score yes. and defend. And, of course, you have to – we're talking John Collins. We're talking uh, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, and possibly a draft pick for a Bradley Beal uh, type of player. Or um, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish for Victor Oladipo. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it really depends on – what the Hawks can do or how the Hawks can be better without John. Because mm-hmm. think about it. If John Collins is out the equation, you have Trey Young, Kevin Herter, mm-hmm. DeAndre. Uh, oh, excuse me. Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and Clint Capella. Clint Capella will probably get more rebounds. Yes. Have more opportunities to score the ball in the post. Mm-hmm. Where DeAndre Hunter might have more touches and more availability to do his thing. Kevin uh, Herter and Cam Reddish, you know, uh, Cam Reddish is more so a defensive anchor, but he could be a 3 and D guy. Kevin Herter can continue his uh, 
shooting guard ways, and that can create more flow within the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, because small ball is, you know, kind of the name of the game right now. And the Hawks are one of the only few teams in the NBA who has a traditional lineup, a true point mm-hmm. guard, a true shooting guard, yeah. a, a small forward who can score and defend, a mm-hmm. power forward who can score and you can rely on defense, and a center who who basically controls the paint. We have mm-hmm. a traditional lineup. So, yes, it works in some aspects, but the war, the Golden State Warriors have proven that small ball works, and I think that the Hawks are looking towards a small ball type of uh, style, mm-hmm. and John Collins doesn't fit because we have Clint Capella, who is yeah. obviously a better option uh, on defense, uh, rebounding, and just uh, points around the basket, you know, just, you know, cleanup points. So mm-hmm. that's my take on it uh, when it comes to John Collins and where – who can we get for him or yeah. if he's out the equation yeah no, yeah yeah that was a good point yeah i um yeah it's like because that's why I was, I was thinking the same thing with john just said like i feel like there's no one really at this point at least in this season that's really like makes sense or is worth trading him for because like how do we get better and you kind of cleaned up and kind of well it all depends on you know when you know hunter comes back i think he probably would maybe through Probably now, I think maybe three or four weeks away, um, right. but still has to probably go through rehab and all, and, you know, a bunch of other things, you know, probably get in shape and everything, you know, to be court ready, uh, whatever the case may be. But um, that's like that and getting like basically the only way I see us being able to get better is bringing in somebody that can create their own shot, because that's the one thing I feel like we are kind of missing. I think that's what people are kind of expecting Cam to be eventually. Right. It's someone that can handle the ball and then be able to create his own shot, you know, whether it is, you know, driving to the bucket or, you know, one, two, step back three, whatever the case may be. But that's the one thing I think we are missing because, you know, Hurt is kind of like a spot up catch and shoot type person. I know they have him handle the ball sometimes, um, but I don't think that's really his game. Right. Cam really at this point, you know, we kind of just like, like his defense kind of makes up for his offense at this point. Like we kind of, we have him out there, you know, we put him on the best guy or, or the best guard, whoever, you know, right. on the other team. And if he, if we can get 16 to 18 points out of him a night, that's, that's, that's wonderful. That's amazing. That's great. Like can't ask for more. Um, Well, at least if, if Hunter was here, but like with him being out, we kind of maybe need a little bit more here and there, but regardless, I guess the whole point is like, that's the only way I see us really getting better is if we did add like a two way guy that can play defense and also, you know, create their own shot and, you know, get us a bucket at will. Um, and then be able to, like you just said, we, we got Clint, we got, he hasn't played much, but our rookie to back up Clint. Um, and they're kind of maybe like the same style, same type of player. Um, so you just kind of said like maybe moving towards small ball because the one thing that we do have is our wings aren't aren't small. They aren't short. They're lengthy. They're yeah. long. Yeah. yeah they, they, they can play, like I said, and they can play both ways. So it kind of would be like going to small ball, but at the same time, we have a bigger small ball type lineup. So to me, I don't know. I, I just go seeing things. I, I don't know if it was because I, I wasn't reading the full article, but a lot of people kept just saying, you know, we're just looking for a first. Like that's just – that's dumb. Like if we're just looking for a first and maybe like, you know, someone puts a first in like a, a rookie that don't play at all, like maybe two, three minutes a game. Like that would just be dumb for me. That's a super setback because we're selling a guy that's kind of proven in a way um, for what we hope may be 
in a, in a, I don't know if, I guess they were saying a lottery pick, but what we hope can, yeah. you know, what, what I, we feel like can fluster into something like he already is. Just, just to uh, add one quick thing about mm-hmm. that, because I saw that article where they said something about a lottery pick. I think if mm-hmm. they trade John before the trade deadline and get that lottery pick, they can use that lottery pick as bait to get an actual real player from mm-hmm. another team. Yeah. So, I don't think we'll necessarily use that lottery pick, but we'll exactly. use it to our advantage for a trade in the near future. Yeah. That's why I see it. You're right. And that is the only that's the only logical thing that probably would like I said would make sense to me because it makes no sense to trade a proven player for what you can hope you can develop into another proven player and set yourself right. back with two, three years. So yeah, I I hope like if that was the case and they pulled the trigger on it, that's what we would do. And that like I said would just make the most sense to me all in all. But you know. Who knows? All I think, as a whole, I think we're all in agreement that we want him to stay and feel like he should stay, and we should, you know, keep him, keep that, you know, that that pick and roll collective unit with Trey and him going. But if the right, if everything falls in place the right way, and I trust, I trust Slink because he hasn't done anything so far to show like you know he isn't right, trusting right. and making the right moves to put us in the right position. Like so, hopefully, like I said, all in all. If we don't keep him, if we do keep him, I feel like he'll make the right move. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, we'll, we'll switch over and transition a little bit away from the Hawks. We'll probably come back to him towards the end of the show. But I wanted to talk about, of course, the All Star Game supposed to be here in Atlanta. Um, we got that news a few, few weeks ago. I share the screen. Um, I don't got much. It's got a picture right now, but um, share the screen. Like I said it's supposed to be here in Atlanta State Farm uh, Arena. Well, I guess it's just initial thoughts. Like I said, we, we all probably saw today. Keisha is not having it. We know the type of mayor that we have. I don't know for the people that's watching if they know the type of mayor we got. But, you know, she basically, she's like a mom, auntie, grandma type, type uh, mayor to where she's going she gonna to tell you, you know, the real. So she already said, don't nobody come travel here to Atlanta because it's, uh you know, we just putting the event on. Ain't nobody selling no tickets. Ain't nobody going to be able to watch. So. I guess what do you I guess I guess to go back first though, what do you guys think about the all-star game even being planned in general? And what do you think about it being played here? Well, for one, um the uh, it's proven that the NBA doesn't keep its word. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> they said they wasn't planning to have an all-star weekend. And now mm-hmm. it's have an all-star weekend. So um I know they're doing it for TV ratings. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's uh, an extra paycheck for the NBA, just having that broadcasted on television. Um, I mean, it's cool or whatever, but we're doing. I think. I, I think. I think it's a bit much on the players because mm-hmm. you know, even you know, Nate McMillan said in his post game today. He said it's like we're in the bubble. We're just we're just able to go home. Yeah, you know, our lives are still different. I, I can't. I can't do nothing because if I go out, I'm putting my my team at risk. So it's the fact that they have to travel here and they have to do all of this in these times. And yes, it's good because you know it's good for the fans, it's good for the for the organizations and whatnot. But at the same time, it's kind of pointless because we already yeah. you know, we we almost a year in this pandemic and we're nowhere near the end of it. And yeah. they're trying to normalize it and people, you know. People still getting sick. Still, you know, mm-hmm. this, this virus is still real. So I see, I can understand the frustration. And, you know, look, I just hope it's a great event. And, I, you know, I'm sure the NBA has something up their sleeve to make sure that it's worthwhile. Yeah. 
Uh, first, I want to shout out to Keisha first and foremost. <laughs> Because he has been open about that. Like, if mm-hmm. it was up there, we would still be shut down on lockdown. Mm-hmm. You know, just going to the NBA and the All-Star game. You're right. You know, they didn't keep their reserve. They kind of should have figured this was going to happen where they was going to need the All-Star game just to pick up another check. Mm-hmm. You know, they should have said this might be a possibility of an All-Star game. Honestly, I I wouldn't plan on paying attention to it. They I'll watch. <laughs> it's, you know, it's whatever. They plan on doing everything in the same day. Yeah. So I guess that's going to be, you know, a little different. Make it maybe that might make it a little more exciting because you get to see everything back to back to back, mm-hmm. right? Enjoy it that way. But I don't see the purpose of it this year other than collecting the paycheck. Players are tired, even though this is what they're supposed to do for a living. A two week break wouldn't have been bad for them, honestly. Like where they could have just been get got that energy back where they can mm-hmm. make the especially like LeBron looking for another championship. Giannis wants to get to the championship. Mm-hmm. That's want to get to the championship. You got teams that need players that's gonna need the rest. Kawhi could have used these two weeks off so he don't have to roll man's games after the All Star break. Mm-hmm. And now you kind of put certain players at risk of injuries who probably wouldn't have had these risks without All Star game where they would have had that break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I, was, I was about to say. That's gonna be a lot of lollygagging at this All Star game. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a you know, just hey, if you want to dunk, go ahead and dunk. If you want to have one shot, do it because yep. um, that's been the name of the game this season. Like, it's a lot of you know, it's a lot of injuries that have happened, and you know, due to players playing in the bubble and uh, players not playing for almost a full year. So, mm-hmm. um, look. Adam Silver, he, you know, Adam Silver. You know, <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah, uh, that's the next thing I was going to bring up because, John, you said it. They're fitting everything in one day. When I first saw it, I was like, like that's a little bit too much to me. Like, especially there's certain guys. Like, I know it's probably it might not be like that this year, but there's been guys that have done all three event or all three all four events not all three all four but done like three out of the four events like skills challenge three-point contest and played an all-star game i think trey did that once um so i was like why why would they want to fit all that together but you know like you just said maybe just bringing more assignment like i said we just get to see everything back to back to back we don't have to really wait but also at the same time you said i wish they would have given the players this time because one there's a lot of obviously just body rest you know mental rest um like these there's teams like we just said that the the quick turnaround coming from the bubble um wasn't good you know so we've seen a lot of teams or a lot of injuries you know affect certain teams and then also the i guess the heavy packed scheduling of the nba this season because they trying to fit you know 72 games and kind of the same time span and, and keep things on track um so we've seen a lot of back-to-backs we've seen um you know, a lot of games in, in like what, four, four or five games sometimes in a week. So just giving them that, you know, that week off that rest, um, they could have did, you know, I'm not always the biggest fan of it, but uh, what did they do last year? You know, they had a little 2K tournament, you know, certain players playing against each other, like something light, something you know, small like that. Who knows? Maybe the players get to pick whoever they want to play, you know, with them, whatever the case may be, and just put on some type of NBA 2K show. Like, something just real light and small, because I feel like they definitely do deserve this time, you know, with their families, time to rest, because they are risking coming to Atlanta, which has not really closed down at all. Um, Even though I know, like, you know, it's the NBA, they're going to take, you know, better, certain and better, you know, safety protocols and everything to make sure everything is put on safely. But 
right. the same time, still you never know. Like I said, it, it's kind of like one of the hot spots, not the, the hottest, hottest spot, but you know, like I said, we all from here, we it hasn't really shut down, shut down. So I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's, it's it was a big risk. And like I said, when they said it was coming here, I was like, that's interesting to bring it here. Like you should, if anything, you should have kept it in Indianapolis. I'm pretty sure they're not doing nothing out there. So I was like, you know, kind of like it's like it's cool, but at the same time, it's like I don't I don't think it's cool for the players. I don't yeah. think it's you know overall it's probably gonna be a lot more ordeal than what it's worth. They should have right. just gave them that time off in general. So I say um, this though, if they would fix it up as far as the skills competition and the mm-hmm. duck, I would have players that we haven't seen before. Like this is their time now. Exactly. Just to give players rest because like yeah. you somebody who wants to do three point shootout at the all star game or yeah. Duck contest a three point shootout at an all star game, like kind of mix it up. Who's able to all star this year? Maybe limited to one extra event or mm-hmm. participate in any other extra events, just to keep like so, just to get some kind of rest in there. Yeah, right. that is true. That's a great idea. I was yeah. really just gonna say that. That's yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Um, like you said, for those that may be watching, if you are out of town, thinking if you're close, you think you're you know Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, ain't no point to come here. Stay home, watch it on the TV. I don't want to bring that snow either. Yeah, this like yeah. y'all at. I say the only people she may let in is Quavo and uh Two Chains because they right. pretty much be quite side on at every every state farm event. Um, but yeah, I guess shifting over to a little bit of NBA news. I know we talked about Drummond last show, John, but uh, you know now Blake, his former running mate, is, has now been his name has been inserted into possible trade talks. Um, so I the one thing I I think I saw it today. I guess we'll talk about this first. Um, Stephen A. said maybe a perfect match. Never going to go back to the Clippers, but he has to. He has to apologize to, to Steve Ballmer. Um, I guess what what do you guys I guess think about um, Blake possibly being traded, and where do you think the best destinations might be for him to go? Um, honestly, man, with with Blake, I, I it's hard to put him somewhere because how you know injuries has kind of decimated his career so i i wouldn't want to put him anywhere that he can be a disservice to a team because that's what it kind of looks like he hasn't <laughs> shown that he's yeah. the same player anymore his best days were uh with the clippers when you know chris paul was the point guard jj reddick uh deandre jordan jamal crawford that 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 was his best days Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I honestly wouldn't even know where to place him. I wouldn't even want him in the Hawks on some veteran stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know. Sorry, not sorry. I mean, he's still a great player. Right? Yeah. It's proven that he's not helping anyone. Yeah. Not yet. Because with Blake, of course, he wants to go to a contender like the foremost. Mm-hmm. It's like, what contender really needs him? Devin. Yeah. Like what? Like who really could use Blake Griffin? At this point? I'm pretty sure it's somebody, but he wants to go to a winner. A winner's not that they don't need him, but to your point, Ryan, like who does he help make better? I put over. Um, what bring him in to to the Lakers? My AD is hurt. Mm-hmm. Comes back now. How do you work that dynamic off? Does he come off the bench? Does Mark come off the bench? Mm-hmm. I did say that earlier though. Maybe they get him and have him. Yeah. Back. I think I, I saw you say that, and I was like, I, I can see that working because um, yeah. maybe the, say maybe back to the Clippers where they're still kind of void of that four spot now. 
like they went all those years where they had a great guard, a great power forward. Chris Paul didn't have wings, and they got great wings, but not really great at every other position. Um, other than that, everybody else has a power forward though that they're pretty good on, especially mm-hmm. the teams. I guess maybe Philly, as because he can shoot it coming off, he can catch mm-hmm. a shoot a little bit. He can create off the dribble. Mm-hmm. I think he works. I think he can work well next to him. I also feel like, I mean, because they don't really have a a, a strong four presence that I mm-hmm. that I can think of right now. Yeah. But the Utah Jazz, maybe? Yeah, I was thinking yeah. Utah. That's a good one. Because yeah. who? Royce O'Neal is playing that yeah. stretch four. Yeah. So they, he can that's still start out, at yeah. the stretch four, but coming off the bench, I think that that's a, you know, something that could fill that void for the time mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I said, no disrespect to Blake Griffin, but it is what it is, bro. If you know, if you were an enhancement to a team, Detroit would be playing well. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's that's the reality of it. That's yeah. that's. And another thing is too, I was thinking about like, because you said it, John. If he does join the Lakers, why AD is out? Because I feel like it's going to be a little bit more, or they need to keep him out a little bit more than the timetable that it was given, especially you know. Messing with the you know calf strain, yeah. yeah so you know what um, exactly. We already seen what that leads to what, what calf strain. What we think calf strains are, but um, is he wanting to take a step back as well? Like you know, to whatever team he does go to, and because wherever he's going, like you just said, he wants to go to a contender. But what contender really truly needs him? Like Utah, the Utah Jazz was was a solid um, was it was a solid thought, solid answer. Um, but other than that, it's like knowing that he can just step in, he's automatically about to start and get like you know, real true starter starting minutes. Like, he's gonna have to take that step back. And is he comfortable and okay with that? Like, you know, maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes a game, um, off the bench. Like, do you guys think he he, he goes that he's okay with that? I guess he is if he's playing with the contender and I guess playing with guys that maybe he wants to play with, or what do you guys think about that? I think time will tell, time will tell, mm-hmm. but it's gonna. His agent is gonna have to tell him that that mm-hmm. if he wants to be on the team that he's good, he's gonna have to accept that role. He's not a starter in this league no more. Now on a great team, mm-hmm. so he's gonna have to accept that role. I think yeah, he's definitely got to accept it. Will he accept it for the right team? Maybe, but I think he still wants to prove he can be a starter, even if he's on a bad team. Yeah, with all the injuries, he's still productive. But, He's just not help as far as helping the team go, but he's still about 18, 20 points a night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And what I guess real quick before we move on to drumming, what uh do you think kind of deal gets it done for wherever he goes? Like a player, second round, two players, second round, a first and a player? What, what are we thinking? Probably a first and a couple players. Probably a couple. I don't know. It depends on where. I guess it depends on who's looking at him. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the point where they said it might be a buyout. He's out. He's definitely yeah. Brooklyn. I know there's been talk about the Lakers picking up, but I don't know what the Lakers really have to offer Cleveland where they are yeah, able to do that. So uh, maybe a couple first. Cleveland still looks like a team that's building the team and not headed towards the playoffs right now. They completely turned around in a bad way this year. So maybe a couple first, a couple young players just to fill the pieces in. Um, they got some pieces, and you know, they still can move Kevin Love as well. That's another spot oh, that yeah. can, they can use a young player. They can use a young piece at. You hear me, Ryan? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Oh no, same thing. I guess same question. I guess like with uh with Andre. Uh, 
the only teams I think I remember, yeah, we, we talked about on the other show, him possibly getting bought out going to Brooklyn. I think the Raptors are looking at him. Um, the Raptors. And uh, I forgot that another team. It was another team, though. Um, but basically, I guess, what do you feel like uh, – what team may fit him best, and what do you see kind of – what kind of deal uh, may need to get done for him to go? It's uh, Andre Drummond, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, honestly, I think Andre Drummond uh, is still an impactful player. Um, I hate that the there was a report out about Andre saying that uh, – he could score 30 points and have 20 rebounds but have no impact in the game. I think that's false. I think no, – yeah. yeah, it definitely with the right team, I think that he can uh, make something happen. I would like to see uh, Andre Drummond go to a team that uh, that's kind of lacking at that center position. Uh, I think if Boston want to make some moves, I think Boston can do a uh, – that would be a big upgrade for, mm-hmm. um, for them, but they would have to kind of trade some players away like – uh, Marcus Smart will probably have to be in that. Uh, of course, um, I don't. I never knew how to pronounce his name. Who's number twenty-seven? On oh, Daniel Daniel Tice. Yeah, Tice. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, he's um, he, he'll have to be involved with that if Boston wants to improve in that aspect because that's something that Boston has been lacking for some seasons. You know, you had mm-hmm. Al Horford, you had Ian's Cancer at one point in time, and then you had mm-hmm. uh, you got Daniel Tice. Andre yeah, Drummond yes. will go well with. You know, Kimba and uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, in that system with Brad Stevens. So I think Boston would be an awesome destination for him. And I also would kind of like to see him. Um, yeah, I, I think Bo- yeah, Boston might be it. <laughs> like I said, yeah, it, it, yeah, it has to be Boston. That's probably the best situation for him. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I agree. But Boston has to realize that they're going to have to pull the plug on that as well. Oh no, yeah. I think Danny Ainge did admit um, that you know, he kind of he has like been making those type of moves in the past year. So right. maybe he realized that and make that big move and go get drama for him because he will help them, especially just around the board, like just, just rebounding. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I think that, that that would be a great situation for for actually both sides. Um, honestly, even the Raptors too, though. Um, even they had a real you know bad start to the season, but I think main thing they I know they got what Boucher, um, but obviously losing Serge and Marcus Gasol wasn't the most ideal right. thing for them. Um, so I think he, he could definitely upgrade their um front court as well. But Boston would be immaculate to 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 watch. Um, because like I said, they, they have been lacking sort of kind of a big man. Um, and you know he he is a presence around the you know around the rim. Uh, offensively, defensively, I think he'll, he'll up his, you know, up his game as well there. Um, oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so I think uh, Celtics would be nice. I would like to see that. I think it would definitely push him closer to, you know, maybe a, a conference finals with uh with the right, right. with the Nets. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Also, the next thing. Quick, oh yeah, yeah. My bad. Real quick, I'm happy for Andre Robinson. He signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Today. Oh yeah. yeah. I went Brooklyn gosh. Thunder. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I forgot. I was gonna add the end there, but I was like, yeah, so yeah. But I mean, that definitely, you know, yeah. Talking with them, yeah. I was about to say the talk with them has just been defense. You know, yeah. the last few games, and I know Steven on off the box pointed out they've been, you know, better a better defensive team. Um, and I guess if he can stay healthy, that definitely helps their, you know, their on ball, their perimeter defense for sure. So you know, definitely shout out to him, like you just said, the the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Thunder. Um, 
you know, reuniting once again. All they gotta do is pull the plug, somehow get Russell up there. I don't think I don't think they want that though, but uh, <laughs> but uh Next thing, uh, a little bit NBA we'll talk, we'll talk on, and then we'll uh, finish out with our uh, two early um, player awards uh, for this year. But um, you know, Draymond Green had a few choice of words. Uh, some people agree, some people didn't agree today. Um, it was quite interesting to see everybody's thoughts um, on it. But uh, I'll kind of let the video play, see how loud it is, and then we'll probably you know talk over it. All right, like I said, uh, said a lot. Like I said, a lot of people agree with it. A lot of people didn't. Um, but kind of just want to get you guys' take on it. Of course, what uh, what do you think about what he said in general, and do you agree or do you disagree? 
Um, I'm, it's not that I don't. I definitely agree with something you said because, you know, teams will trade a player just, you know, just because they don't think he's a good fit or just to get rid of some money. And even if he's in the middle of a good year, I think using James Harden this year was a bad example. Mm-hmm. James Harden was playing bad on purpose. He was talking about his team. He was talking down about his team on purpose, which mm-hmm. as a professional player, even as a person who works a nine to five, you don't go to somebody else and bash your coworkers. Mm-hmm. You you can't come back after that. Honestly, you have to. <laughs> so like I can't really agree with doing that, you know, with James Harden. But then my thing too is I don't think it's um general managers out there telling somebody who, you know, got to tell him, yo, yeah, we finna trade trade month, you know, we finna trade such and such mm-hmm. to any old body in the it gets out somehow, but I don't think I think GMs and you know president of basketball operations are a little more professional than the hit mm-hmm. walls on the text, like, yeah, we finna make this trade. So yeah, I think they need to do a better job of these trades weekend because no, nobody wants to find out they're getting traded, why they had mm-hmm. the lunch or why they even play the game like Harrison Barnes. Like mm-hmm. that is a little bit that's the ego shot yeah. Most of million dollar basketball players, like that's kind of a shot. You know, am I good enough? Honestly, at this point, you tell me that I'm in the middle of a game. So I think they need to do a better job with these, with the leaks coming out. Honestly, yeah. right. And and to your point, you know, the the Hawks are currently going through a situation similar to this, where all of this is going on yep. and we're mm-hmm. struggling. And this is on John Collins' head, mine. Mm-hmm. You know that he's all these articles. But I will say this that. The NBA has done several players wrong like this. Teams have done mm-hmm. this. The Hawks have done this. The Hawks did that to Dwight. Mm-hmm. Dwight had no clue he was going to get traded. And just, just yeah. like that. You know, and I think that, you know, the double standard that Draymond is talking about is saying, um, oh, yeah, man, they 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 they're going to tell it how it is in the league. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a business. Yeah, we understand that, but we're in a stage where in society that being harsh and being unnecessarily cruel is unnecessary now. Like it's, it's not, it's not cool anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that NBA business. Yeah. Yeah. It's a business, but there's a way that you can talk to people. And I think mm-hmm. people have realized that over time. And that's where Draymond is coming from. Um, you know, Harrison Barnes coming, uh, being pulled off the bench and Andre Drummond doing his pregame workout and, then he came out in street clothes and Dwight mm-hmm. Howard just tweeting on Twitter saying, mm-hmm. how are y'all enjoying NBA free agency? Mm-hmm. And his own team just traded him to another team without letting him know. So yeah. um, James Harden was a bad example. I will yeah. say. <laughs> you know, he, he was extra with it. Yeah. But I think James Harden also proved that, you know, if, if, if if I want to be out of somewhere and y'all want y'all won't cooperate, then I won't cooperate, and that's how that's the players that's one as well. So um, it, it's tough, it's unfortunate, and like I said, we're in that stage in society where we're calling things out more consistently, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy that Draymond has called out another flaw in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I would guess I guess too though I will say that. When you are a player of a talent, Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin, you should all when you're on these bad teams or teams that's getting worse as the season go, you should already kind of have it in your head that you might get traded. But right. to your point, Ryan, a heads up, like hey, you know, maybe you, we're already because you're already gonna already be in those talks anyway. 
So maybe like, hey, we might be a couple weeks away from trading you. Do you have a, you know, now we can ask like, yo, do you want to anywhere you want to go? And that way you don't right. get a, just going to Boston when he's already giving you a list of teams where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, ask the player sometimes as well. Because like you said, you have to be a little sensitive because some of these players do have families that move around everywhere with them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily agree with that part. You know, family should be, you know, set up spot somewhere. But some people need that all the time. Yeah. And you just don't want to keep moving around, honestly, and just renting here, getting a spot there. You know, that's that's a little bit extra. And and, and that uh, and it's also plays into a part of just how uh, players react to certain teams. You know, yeah. just you know, think about it. Like we 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 wonder why a lot of players don't want to come to Atlanta. And yes, there might be other you know supporting details about that. But mm-hmm. just another example, besides the White House situation, Quinn Cook was on our training camp roster, mm-hmm. and when the Hawks released him. He wasn't notified, and not only was he not notified, he was moving into his apartment. <laughs> Why yeah, is he finding out? No. He's moving in right in my face, the lease. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, man, you know you, yeah. First month for rent, now you got to pay to get out the lease. So, yeah, just, you know, Andre Drummond, Harrison Barnes, James, James Harden, these are the only players. It happens, it happens to small it happens, players. It was all the time, too. Yeah, like you just said, I think that that's and that's a part that I just thought about just now, Ryan. Like, yeah, like he, you know, threw out some big names. Um, obviously, you know, talking about Harden, talking about Kyrie with the mental health, taking on a few di- or a few games off. Um, you know, drumming in now, Blake Griffin in the media. We've seen time and time again just happening in weird ways. People finding out, um, like you just said, in the middle of a bench, they they warming up, they got to take them off the floor, all that. But like you just said, small guys, it happens to them. Probably more than the obviously the big names. Obviously, it happens to them way more often. We know Draymond's the type to speak up. He's going, you know, talk for the players of the league. He's going to speak his mind. So he's not just talking about these big names. I think he, he used the big names obviously for example, but he, he's talking about you know the NBA as a collective, um, which is you know nice and, and, and cool to see. I think I definitely see both sides of it. Um, the the one side, like I said, just I guess like the respect factor, like you just said, Ryan, like. I think this day and age, like this new generation coming out there, they call out and, and speak up on things that have gone, you know, pretty much fall to the wayside, you know, right. yeah. as long as, you know, our society has been running. Like you just said, they talk up when, you know, basically unnecessary things are happening. We talk about mental health. We, you know, just make, we're just more aware of certain things and, and want to make sure that, I guess I could just say nothing is just being overlooked and then just falling to the wayside. But at the same time, like, I guess I, there's some people that's been saying like, you know, as an employee, like what, what does he really want? Like as an employee, this is kind of like your stipulation. Like everybody has a job that they don't like certain stuff about their job. And this may be one of the things that NBA players have to deal with that they don't like about their job. But at the same time, like same, same thing kind of with the job. No, it's not the same Obviously, not the same. Like they're making multi millions, but oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's me, but sometimes me. I know it's other people. I, other friends I got. Like if they're working a certain job and they're not showing like that same respect, or it's like whatever they're doing is mentally affecting them, they up and quit. They go. All right, what's the joke nowadays? Like millennials, we don't stay at no jobs. Not, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't stay at jobs. They don't. Yeah. I was like, I know it's a little bit different, obviously, because it's the NBA. 
and they don't they can't just leave like what's going like going overseas like you still get paid yeah it's just not the same like but they still deserve you know that that respect factor and, and just you know that because they're all humans at, at the end of the day they just deserve you know that respect whether it is like hey like giving them a heads up you may be traded whatever the case may be or doing a better job of keeping under wrap maybe it's just the reporters are just doing a hell of a job at their jobs yeah because that's who's like say who's ever leaking these yeah. truths out like i know you can't find all of it out there but it's like mm -hmm. you gotta control a bit of like there shouldn't be a giant college story every other yeah exactly right who who's talking like get them out of there yeah it's too much chattering going on and like i said i don't know if it if it is in the front like not obviously the, the top guys in the front office but if it's somebody that's around them in their circle to where they kind of leaking certain stuff out to to the uh you know to news outlets to to media like got they gotta stop that because you know it's just creating an influx and like you said draymond now talking up about it and you know letting it be known something that's gone kind of like on way too long but i definitely like i said i definitely see both sides of it i wish um like i said it, it just probably just comes to that they're gonna have to be some type of stipulations to where like either the even though i don't think the media really has stipulations like this like if they get in news they're gonna they're gonna they're they gonna, gonna let it out yeah they're gonna break it like everybody's trying to be the first like that's the, that's just the journalism business so it just i guess has to come from you know the front offices and just being more mindful and being right. more aware and just having a little bit more respect because like i said at the end of the day it is a business but you know i say even the front office is like a business like mm -hmm. wow a lot of stuff's probably get leaked by somebody's at lunch with a certain age yep start quiet right talking don't even know like don't even know who listening yeah talk to somebody about it yeah like yeah like let's leave work it in the front office exactly I would, yeah i would love to see like uh, adrian warjanowski or maybe like a young upcoming reporter that's really into yeah. like espn and the nba to kind of figure out you know do a segment of how players feel about you know media outlets leaking certain uh rumors and uh, uh, falsifying mm -hmm. uh stories you know gaslighting because that there's mm -hmm. a lot of that because you just the way the reports were a month ago. You just thought Trey Young and John Collins were straight beefing, like yeah, oh uh, yeah, man, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, no, that, it wasn't like that at all. Like that idea, actually. Yeah, I, I think it, it gotta happen. It should happen. I don't know if it's gonna be from one of them because you know they're just the breaking news guys, but it, it'll definitely be some, from some type of reporters in, in in the media. But all in all, like I said, it, it, like, it is a business, but at the same time, these guys are what makes your business run the way it is. Like if there's no if there's no if this isn't any of these star athletes like you have no nba to run like you have right. nothing you know to, to 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 market and put out there and make all these millions of dollars so i think it just has to be you know respect factor between the two but i think it's mostly because you know like we just said it's, it's obviously the media that's laying it out but whoever's getting this information to the media so like fluently and effectively and just like just so out it's like, it's like they blabbering it's like right. they just got it all you know, on a block, like they print it down in Word. Some behind the scenes plotting. Yeah. That's yeah. But again, appreciate you fellas for coming on. We're going to wrap it up. Our last little segment that we're going to do today, just a little two early awards. Um, I just got three for right now. We can maybe do other few mentions. I just thought about it. Maybe six man or most improved. But um, right now I got MVP, defensive player of the year and coach of the year. Um, so 
like I said, fun, fun little um, way to end the show. Just kind of, you know, talk about the guys that you feel like may des- be deserving of these awards. And we can add in, um, we can add in six man of the year as well. Um, and then, like I said, just who you think is more deserving of these awards and why? Uh, MVP. Right now, honestly, I got Joel Embiid as the MVP, especially after last night's game. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons dropping 42, Tobias Harris going 35. They still lose almost by 15 points. I know a lot of those yeah. you know, a lot of those points came at the end of the game, but mm-hmm. you don't have a player out there that could challenge Gobert, honestly. Like Dwight Howard isn't that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Scott's too small. Ben Simmons, who can get down there and guard, you don't want to get him stuck down in the because now he can't get out into the you know into the open courts. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, who's also putting up Big numbers, almost 28 and 11. I think his last four or five games, he's basically 30 and 12. A couple blocks, he can hit the, you know, he can hit threes. He just affects our teams offensively and defensively because he's a, he is a true defensive anchor. Then you can throw the ball in the post as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive player of the year, I haven't really thought about defensive player of the year. Honestly, if I can go real quick, it'll probably just be Ben Simmons. Yeah. He has been like on another level defensively this year. Mm-hmm. Of the year, I'm going to at what he's doing in Utah right now because he got them boys balling, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan Clarkson, six man. Y'all yeah, think no six man is having a better year than him right now? No way. 40 he's points off the bench. Yeah. So, like, you know, MB, SM is Snyder, and uh, Jordan Clarkson for MVP, defensive player, coach of the year, six man. Um, for my MVP, um, and I and I'm not knocking Joel Embiid. I think, hmm. um, me personally, it's kind of hard to take him serious. I feel you. If Joel Embiid deserves the MVP this year, he needs to take his team to the finals. Because normally we'll find out some awards right before the finals uh, or right after the finals. I think if he's able to take the 76ers to the finals then he should be considered for MVP. But for right now, it's between LeBron James and Steph Curry for me. You know, <laughs> LeBron James in his 18th year, doing what he's doing, um, still playing at a high level. There's no drop-off. And it's like, you know, ever since his last year in Cleveland, like you thought, okay, he's with the Lakers now. He's probably going to slow down. You know, you know, yeah, he missed the playoffs his first year, but he won the championship his second year. Yeah. Just came from the bubble, and now he's still playing at the high level that he's playing. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't recall him missing a game yet. Because if he missed yeah. a game, it will be reported. LeBron James, if LeBron think James misses the game. Yeah, I don't think he's missed a game this year. Right. Yeah. And so he's still giving his all. I also say Steph Curry for MVP because the way they started off, and it was trying Steph. It was coming for him. And I think Steph has done a great job of rallying the troops and getting those players on one accord. And even though they're not a bad team, Golden State is not a bad team. Like they they may have a lot of role players now due to you know Clay being out and you know you know just having kind of like a personnel swap. Steph Curry still getting buckets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, 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 And you can't ignore that. Um, honorable mention, Damian Lillard. <laughs> Damian Lillard. This man, yeah, he's, he's, carrying, he's carrying that team through the West without CJ. CJ been gone yeah. for a minute. 
So yep. uh, that's my honorable mention. Uh, Rudy Gobert is my defensive player of the year so far. He's our lead leader in blocks, rebounds. Uh, he's doing a great job uh, with Utah. Like I said, Utah, Utah is doing a uh, hell of a job this year. Uh, kind of reminds me of the 60-win Hawks team. Because <laughs> um, they're having a magical season, like they're you know, mm-hmm. if you've seen some of their highlights, they're they're doing some things that they normally wouldn't do in a basketball yeah. game. So yeah. it's, it's definitely they're here. But I would love to see them do it again next year. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jalen Brown, uh, most improved, and uh, you mm-hmm. can also throw Brandon Ingram in there as well. Because um, and I think Brandon Ingram should have been considered last year too, because he made a big leap. Last year, but Jalen Brown, uh, most definitely because Jay, we already knew Jason Tatum was that type of guy. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown needed to, you know, Jalen Brown is supposed to be similar to Jason Tatum, kind of like of a Robin. But now mm-hmm. the fact that they're kind of like matching numbers a little bit, Jalen mm-hmm. Brown is taking a big leap. And I hate that he signed that extension in Boston because yeah. I feel like he can kind of lead his own way on a different squad. That's just me, though. Yeah. And, no, yeah. Um, yeah. Coach of the year, Quinn Snyder, no doubt. You know, yeah. the Jazz have always been a middle-of-the-pack team. They're finally making it over the hump. Donovan Mitchell got something going on, and Quinn Snyder got some magic in him. So <laughs> yeah. um, I'm appreciating the type of ball that Utah is playing because it's a different team that we normally don't talk about. Yeah. And the media is still disrespecting them. Like, they disrespect every yeah. other team who plays well. <laughs> yeah. if you're not named Lakers, Clippers, mm-hmm. Warriors. You know, Houston, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, um, that's that. Yeah, you're right. To piggyback off, we're going to sweep it off. I'm going to start with the coach of the year, Quinn Snyder, as well, because ain't no way. Well, I was about to say, there's, I can't say ain't no way it's supposed to be where they are, but they doing it without literally adding really anything in the offseason. Like, right. they going in there with the same squad, honestly. Yeah. Um, just a little bit more healthier. You know, Mike Conley, I think, is, should be coming back in the fold soon. But, um, everybody has just stepped it up to another level on that team as a whole. And I feel like I've been watching a lot more Utah basketball than I used to in the past. Um, so right. it's, a, it is, it is a, like you just said, uh, Ryan, it's a, a delight to see. And I think uh, Donovan Mitchell, he has been playing well all year, but I know he for real just feel like he just took off once Shaq disrespected him the way he oh, did. Yeah. On, uh, yeah. on national TV, I was like, come on, bro. It's like, stop it, please. Like, that's, that's the type of motivation the Hawks need. Somebody needs yeah. to say something to a something. fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can I can definitely feel that. But um, yeah, they they they've been great to see. Six man, Jordan Clarkston. I think I told you too, John. I had to pick him up in fantasy basketball because man was going off. My dumbness, I forgot to put him in the lineup because he was off a few games. So I had like two hundred something points on the bench. He had like sixty. I was pissed. Um, but yeah, six man of the year for sure. Most improved guy we just played last night, Julius Randle. Ridiculous. Got a 44 point game. Like that shot he hit towards the end, what last two minutes when he took that step back on Herder, like behind the backboard. I was like, when he hit that, I knew he was about to lose. Like we was only still down like five, but I was like, ain't no way he was supposed to make that. Then he hit a three at the top of the key as well. I was like, at the end of the shot clock, too, like shot clock going off, I was like, ain't no way he's supposed to make that splash. So most improved. It, it's it's cool to see him and the Knicks, I guess, be where they are. I think they were seventh or sixth or seventh right now in the East. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, MVP, I don't know. I, I got it. I'm a LeBron guy, so I want to go with LeBron. Um, 
And like you just said, Ryan, he hasn't missed the game. He's still he he's averaging the same numbers he typically does, 26, 8, and 8. Like we see this every year from him. He could we always say he could honestly have MVP every single year. But um, it's just something about this year. I think what's really gonna elevate him though is how he does, how he keeps his Lakers squad rolling without AD in the fold. And they already, I guess, are off to a good start with uh, you know, winning their last few games. I think they won tonight as well. Um, so that's what's going to separate him. But I definitely see Embiid taking it. Embiid is having a monster season. Um, I think even probably like a conference. Um, more than likely, LeBron probably he's going to keep up this pace and then he gets them to where we think he, we're gonna, he's going to get them, then he more likely will win. But I think Embiid just got to really get them to maybe a conference, like maybe game six, game seven type, like, you know, against the Nets or something like that. And he, he could very well just, you know, be be right there with Le, uh, LeBron punch for punch. Yeah, um, it also – I think for Embiid the win, it also depends. Like, because I still don't think that the Sixers are getting past Brooklyn, I, Brooklyn or Milwaukee. I, I can't take the Sixers series. So, even if he does get to a conference finals, I think if if he was were to lose a conference finals, I think it's the way he would lose with the tournament. Yeah, if he gets the MVP, because I'm not I'm not knocking that he doesn't deserve it, but I think. What Embiid, like with the trust the process and with everything that he has said to the media just about himself, he got to prove it. He, you have to show us, you know, saying we, they're not going to give you anything because you have created kind of like a target in a way. So, yeah, so, yeah. I can feel that. Yeah. But I like the way he's balling out for sure. And you say that, that might be, you say, what, what needs to happen. And last one, he was a player of the year. I'm gonna go with uh, I think Steven off, off the ball. He opened our eyes to it. Uh, Simmons has been incredible defensively all year. I think he's been at the top of the defensive uh, seeing ratings pretty much uh, every single week. Um, Rudy Gobert definitely probably right there, stride for stride. It's probably gonna come down to those two because he's showing why they gave him that money. He's kind of making he's kind of the reason why they running the way they running right now. Like he ain't got to worry like defensively. And rebounding wise, you ain't got to worry about nothing. Rudy got all that. Everybody else, we got Donovan Mitchell, playmaker, surrounded by shooters and solid defensive players. It's, it's just showing the uh, formula, honestly, at the moment. And Ryan put it perfectly. Kind of reminds us of the the sixty win uh, Hawks right now because Horford was kind of like that guy in the in the paint, held it down. Paul Millsap, um, you know, took another step that year. He he was, you know. Kind of just the anchor of it all, and then everybody else just did their role. Damari, Damari, and Kyle, three and D, yep. did what they were supposed yep. to do. So, but um, on I appreciate you guys, appreciate you fellas for sure. You know, for hanging out with me uh, tonight. Um, definitely a loaded show. I love to always talk about the Hawks and get some NBA news in afterwards. Um, John, of course, want to give you the pleasure. You know, let everybody know where they can find you at. Um, oh, oh man, um. Find the Hoopers Pod anywhere you listen to podcasts at Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Play every uh, Friday morning at 8 a.m. Now, excuse me, not 8 a.m. 9 a.m. But uh, Hoopers Morning Run on all the work on Facebook Monday and Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the Hoopers Hour on that radio on Dash Radio. You can catch us on Twitter at under at Hoopers Pod and on Instagram at the underscore Hoopers IG. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And then Ryan, um, of course, let everybody know where they can find you. I know he'll probably be on this uh, these a lot more with us, um, you know, in the upcoming weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Twitter, Instagram, Real Deal Ryan. Um, I don't have any necessary sports content. I just watch it, but I just, you know, I love talking sports. So, you know, if you have any questions about me regarding the Atlanta Hawks specifically, yes, I'll be open to having any type of conversation with you. Real Deal Ryan on all social media platforms. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you already know where to find uh, me at uh, on Twitter, WTGM TM Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, what the game means to me as well. Um, appreciate everybody for flying through with us. Definitely will be doing these a little bit more, hopefully. We always say this, last, especially last two episodes, hopefully with a, a little bit more winning and higher spirits um, yeah. for, for our Hawks. But uh, that's why I left out. I, I didn't tell you, Ryan, but last time, the last two times we done did these, we uh like look forward to like the next three four games. We kind of predict you know where we'll fall, and we say oh we can definitely win these three four, and they'll probably lose that one. And we always lose every single one, and maybe take out we'll, we'll maybe take one of them. So I was like yeah, let me not even add that today. But maybe well maybe we'll go on a winning streak after this. <laughs> one. So uh, let's just see we'll, what we'll, happens then. <laughs> exactly, we'll see what happens, and we'll see you guys in, in another week or two, and uh, hopefully with some better and, and greater news. But appreciate everybody for sticking with us tonight. Um, you know, and watching. Um, and commenting and everything. And uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.